I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash Pop. Welcome to a special episode of Smash Pod. Yes, very special because we're going to talk about the Mission Impossible franchise and perhaps include a small spoiler-free review of Mission Impossible Fallout, which is very exciting. Now, I couldn't do this without a special guest, and this week I've got a very special guest indeed. I've got Chris Hewitt from Empire. Hello, John. Hello, Chris. Welcome back by popular demand. Oh, yeah, finally, finally, I've demanded it yeah. and you have succeed, uh, acceded to my request. Yeah, yes. no, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be back. It's been over a year, I think, since we recorded our License to Kill Epic. Epic. Yeah. 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 And, and your mission today, should you choose to accept it, uh-huh. is to talk with me uh-huh. about Mission Impossible. But don't talk too much because mm-hmm. Chernobyl Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. <laughs> we peaked. Yep. You Sorry. massive hunt. All, all <laughs> <laughs> no one ever says that to him, do they? No. They should. They should. No. But I wanted to talk really because um, having watched all of the Bond films again, uh, as I have done for this podcast, yeah. when you get into the, uh, the, the neighbourhood of the late ones, yes. the most recent ones, I mean, you find yourself becoming um, overwhelmed with how much of a non-Bond it, it feels. Uh-huh. Yeah. In, in terms of there's not many stunts it's all just people seeming quite miserable <laughs> and, and trying to find out about the backstory of James Bond and what's been refreshing of late is particularly with Rogue Nation I felt like a bulb went off my head and thought hang on Mission Impossible has moved into Bond's house and we are doing Bond films a little bit yeah and then going to see Fallout I was very lucky enough to go and see Fallout the other night mm-hmm. and you were there I was and we are now in Bond's house we are, and they're smashing up his kitchen. They are, because the last two Mission Impossible's particularly are bona fide bomb films. 
I would say so. Uh, they've got pretty much everything that the Bond films have, with the, I, I think, the sole exception of the womanizing. Yes. That's the, that's the one area. Otherwise, they've got the stunts. Mm-hmm. They've got the locations. And in fact, I think they've even been influential on in the Bond films to a, to a big degree, the latter Bond films, because I think the latter ones, uh, beginning with Skyfall and Spectre, the film that I imagine dare not mention his name on this, mm-hmm. on this podcast, yeah. um, they began to implement a team dynamic yeah. as well. Which I think is taken from just straight up taken from Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for my for my money, you know, Rogue Nation. You know, look at Fallout. Where where does Fallout go? Fallout goes to, I won't reveal ultimately where it goes, but it's shot all around the world, Norway and New Zealand and Paris and Belfast. Belfast. Well, that was London, Dublin, apparently. Yeah. Uh, not Dublin, but London, Dublin as right. Belfast, and uh, you know, and 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 Watford, and as you know. It don't get much more glamorous than that. Jeez, there's a bit of Watford in there, isn't there? Yeah, that's where they shot Leavesden. That's, that's where they were based. Holy so. balls. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to go back because uh, as a franchise, as a whole, you have to kind of review where they start and where they end. Mm. Um, the first Mission Impossible is a straight-up remake of the TV series, but mm. with because it's a Tom Cruise film, mm-hmm. they have to get rid of the team. <laughs> we introduce the team briefly. We have a nice bit of camaraderie, Yeah. but we, we get rid of all of them and have yeah. Tom recruit a new team yes a better team because tom's done it <laughs> and uh, we go off on a mission that is deemed impossible uh yeah i mean are there impossible missions in in fallout i should have asked yeah we well, we can't get into we can it. we can't get into it but yeah, yeah yeah that are impossible yeah you think yeah i mean they're achievable not well just Actually, one is fairly impossible. Yeah, the one where everyone dies. We're we're cop teasing here. We shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> we shouldn't. But I'm just, I just you know, because some of the uh, the movies. Well, there's one. There's one of the Mission Impossible's where they go. It's not. Uh, it's uh, Anthony Hopkins in Mission Impossible. Should too. they walk in the park for you? <laughs> it goes. It's not Mission Difficult, <laughs> Mister Mister Hunt. Um, but yeah, the first one. I, I love the first one. I rewatched yep. the first one. Uh, Brian just De Palma. It is indeed doing his thing, and you got the Danny Elfman score, which I fucking love. Uh, so good. See, I rewatch. I love this film. I rewatched it last night in preparation for what I was doing today for mm. the Empire podcast, and I have to say, this is the first time the Danny Elfman soundtrack really poked me in the ribs. Really? Yeah, because it was the first time I became really aware that it was just Danny Elfman doing the Danny Elfman, and you can take that score from Mission Impossible. And you can take his score from, say, Darkman, which came out six years prior. Yeah. And it just feels like they're the same score. Yeah, I can see that. But I think he's done the best interpretation of the Schifrin theme. I, I will. I will uh, can I respectfully disagree with you on this? Really? This is your. This is your house, John. I don't want. You know, we've we've already. We're in Bond's house, shitting in the kitchen. I don't want to shit in your kitchen. So casa mi casa. <laughs> Thank you very much. My trousers are down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curling one out on your floor. I think uh, I Joe Kramer's score for Rogue Nation is the best of of all it of them. Is good. It is good. Um, Giacchino's that, is good as well. Giacchino, oh, he's so good, isn't he? He's, Actually, I really enjoyed the new one. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing you around, though, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I only know. Uh, Lorne Balfe? Lorne Balfe, yeah. Yeah. I only know him from the Lego Batman movie, mm-hmm. which I saw with my children. Okay. Yeah. It's and? not important right now. No, no, that, that's the, what happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to... I didn't see it with your children. Pull the wall over I your just, eyes. I want to be upfront no. about that from the off. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I was... I do, sometimes I get this thing with like, is that person capable? It's like when I heard John Powell was scoring solo. I'm like, mm, is he capable? Yeah. Oh, he's capable. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, the He pulled it out of the fire, didn't he? The solo score is my favourite of this year. 
It was a good score. Oh. I mean, it was a little bit Hans Gretz Hitzel, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. you know, if in doubt, just go... Yeah, but then there's a there's a particular theme on there which I'm posting a lot on Twitter at the moment called Lando's Closet, which sounds <laughs> ominous, but it's not. Which is probably one of the most beautiful, delicate pieces of music I've heard in 30 years. Oh, I should re-listen to um, that. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And and um, when when you get to a composer and you say, right, do John Williams, Gia, Giacchino, 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 Giacchino. That's what I said. He's very good at it, but no one else is particularly great at it. But John Powell is very good at it. That's interesting. I think, uh, well, we, we, we've, gone, we've turned to the score pod here. This is amazing. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, no, no, I, I think that Chiquino is uh, as, good as, as good as they come uh, yeah. in terms of, you know, most modern scores. And I think even the Fallout score does fall victim to this a little bit. It, they try and ape that post-Chris Nolan, post-Hans Zimmer, oh. kind of thing. Uh, and they go more for mood than melody. Yeah. Uh, Chikino really goes for melody, and he gets you Definitely. right right in the earworms. But returning to Mission Impossible, um, I think it's an excellent film, mm. and it really stands up 22 years later. Yeah, it really does. But then when you go to MI2, <laughs> my God, yeah, my God, <laughs> it's a massive ego trip. Uh, yeah, um, for one person in particular. Well, Tom Cruise has gone, look, I want to do Mission Impossible, impossible right? yeah. but I want to grow my hair <laughs> and ride a motorbike. <laughs> and I want John Woo to put doves everywhere. Yeah. And have yeah. sort of floppy shirts yeah. blowing in the wind. Yeah. Oh, slow-mo. and I want to climb up a mountain. I want to be Shatner. Yeah. Go climb Essentially. a rock. But he out-Shatner Shatner. He does. How can he, how can he possibly do that? kind of song at the beginning of MI2 about me and your grandpa were looking in the fire or whatever it's called <laughs> it's so weird and then they, they do that thing it's like we're a Mission Impossible film so we have to be extreme and this is something I'm going to get back to later but in MI2 they're like what can we do to up the stakes well let's have mm-hmm. it that the mission directive is fired into the cliff face <laughs> in a tube and he has to put on sunglasses it's yeah. like triple X yeah that was that was interesting because I think one of the things about and can I just confess get this out of the way straight mm-hmm. up and I, you know I've known for a couple of weeks now I've been coming on this podcast and mm-hmm. I should have prepared by watching all the Mission Impossible movies again yeah. but I didn't yeah uh, I've I. only seen Mission Impossible two once and that was on video shortly after when well, you know after it came out on video yeah and I wrote my dissertation at university on John Woo and the Hong Kong action cinema. And I hated it. I mm. thought it was absolutely terrible. And I think it's it deserves its place in film lore for one reason and one reason only. It is the film that prevented Dugray Scott from becoming Wolverine. That's right. And so in the Sliding Doors universe, there's the Sliding Doors universe where, where Dugray Scott is Wolverine and the X-Men movies ran for one film because and everyone hated it. And Sliding Doors <laughs> had 15 films, which is the Sliding Doors universe. <laughs> I would love that so much. Oh, brilliant. I love the one where she fights... Um, <laughs> Thanos. I didn't want to say Thanos. The one, um, she, you know, the one where she takes a shit in his kitchen. That's it. That's amazing. amazing. A shitchen. And then the other Gwyneth Paltrow is looking in from the window going, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm saying that. I quite like John Woo's Hong Kong output. And I know yeah. we're, we're going off all over the place, but fuck it. It's my show. <laughs> and um, his American films are dreadful, universally. Uh, Face Off's good. Is it? Yeah. Is it? It's good. It it's is. It's ironically good. I don't know if it's ironically good. It's not good. a very good film. No, it's a good film. No, it kind of feels like an advert for PCP. Because <laughs> you've got Travolta's just out there. Yeah, right? But Cage has gone way out there. 
Well, Cage Cage is trying to bring real emotion to his performance. Is he? And it, it tips it over. I think he is. Do you remember that- the bit where he's like doing that face and humping that woman at the beginning? Oh, yeah, the one where he grabs her uh, behind. Bottom, bottom. Uh, which you, you can you say bottom, please? Can we say bottom? Sorry. Yeah. I just said shitting in the kitchen. That's fine. I think the- it sounds like sitting in the kitchen. Okay, so that's, fine. that's a very good point. He you could cra- be Sean Connery. He, he caresses her bottom. Uh, a rump. Which- <laughs> her firm her firm rump uh, which uh, obviously in the current climate is unacceptable unacceptable they take your face off I was aroused at the time <laughs> but now I find it unacceptable and he, he does that big thing doesn't it's he it's a guilt whack <laughs> um yeah but anyway yeah so he does Mission Impossible 2 and, and I think everybody including Cruz himself would probably admit it was a bit of a disaster to the point where Ben Stiller was kind of it felt like he was hired to do a piss take for the DVD <laughs> where he does this I'm Tom Cruise's stunt double and his bit is better than the film <laughs> yeah Tom That's, Cruise isn't Tom it? Cruise spelled C-R- C-R-O-O-Z yeah <laughs> back when Ben Stiller cared Aww. which is a long time ago <laughs> it does feel like a long time ago doesn't it he's gone down the Adam Sandler route hasn't he a little, I think he's he's serious acting. What he needs to do is he needs to pop up in Mission Impossible Seven, doesn't mm. he? He's, as Tom uh, Cruise, as Tom Cruise, yeah, doing all the stunts that Tom Cruise is now probably too. I, I worry about Tom Cruise if I'm honest with you. I don't. I did, and then now I don't. You don't? You think he's oh. why? I worried about him when he did the Mummy. Uh-huh. I worried about him when he did that thing where he's playing the drug smuggler and he's got a wife who's about fifty years younger than him. Okay, and then I saw Fallout and I think yeah, oh, he's, he's all right. Well, you think he's, he's got fine. it? He's fine. He just broke his ankle in this movie. Yeah, you know, it's the first time that 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 life has gone. No, you're fragile. You're a fragile butterfly. Right. I'm not spoiling anything here, right? But yeah. believe it or not, there's a moment in Mission Impossible Fallout where Tom Cruise runs. I'm not spoiling a thing because he does that in every film, right? But it was watching that moment. It was like watching. Say you had a racehorse that had won <laughs> every race ever, and you put it out to pasture. And then they're like, right, we're going to bolt gun that today because yeah. its balls are no good. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And they open the gate and it runs. Yes. And it runs as fast and beautifully as it used to. <laughs> and you just think, my God, this thing's beautiful. Yeah. I had that moment in Fallout. I just thought, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. Yeah. I, I, I'd hold, hold my hands up now. I've been a massive fan of Tom Cruise for years. I think he's brilliant. I, yep. And I, I think anything he does is, you know, even when he's in shit films, I, I, apart from The Mummy, that's just dreadful. But he's always pretty good. He's 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 fully committed. He's yeah. so intense, and he really gives it his all. But this is a perfect franchise for him, yeah. Because you've got these rules set out by the TV series, mm-hmm. which admittedly he's bastardized a bit and made <laughs> it about him. Yeah, but it works so well for him. It's his bond. Yeah, very much so. And the interesting thing about it, though, is that we've only had six movies in the last twenty-two years. Yeah. Now that's probably a decent Bond average. Yeah. You know, there, there were some fallow periods in Bond's life. I thought that. I thought, well, there's 1996, and I thought after two, it felt like it was ages till the next one. I, felt, what, I thought four it was years. Done. I thought it was done after two. Two did all right. Yeah. Two did okay at the box office, but it was it was pummeled critically. And I don't think many people liked it. And I remember when everyone was like, "Oh, J.J. Abrams, who'd done at that time, had done Alias, hadn't he? He'd already done Lost as well. He had done Alias. He was, I think, Lost was in the first season, maybe the second season. And they of said, Lost. Oh, he's going to direct the next Mission Impossible.'" And everyone was a bit yeah. snooty about it, thinking, "Oh, another cruise ego trip." Yeah. And then you see the trailer. Mm-hmm. where that drone strikes and he gets flung against that car and you're just like, fucking hell. Yeah. And the film is incredible. Yeah. I, I like uh, 3 a lot. I mm. think it slightly has uh, has some issues in the third act. Yes, same. Um, but it does have an incredible Tom Cruise running scene. It does. It's pretty and much the third act is him running. Pretty much the third act. In and fact... one of the best bad guys ever in cinema, maybe. 
Uh, you mean Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, he's incredibly menacing. And or Billy Crudup? Not Crudup. No, I like Crudup. I like Crudup, but he's not the best baddie, is he? I've, I've just realised I've just ruined a major reveal in Mission Impossible 3. It's been out for 14. The moratorium on that must be gone by now. Okay, can we spoil every movie except Fallout? Yeah. Just, just to be in the Absolutely. same Absolutely, everyone must have seen all of them apart from Fallout. Okay, they? good, yeah. good. Yeah, um, Hoffman's amazing in that. He he's, really is. Yeah, he's really, that really great. That opening sequence is brilliant. Oh, the 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 sort of uh, I you know the interrogation sequence or the you know I will kill you yeah. that sequence the one I can't remember but that's really yeah that's fantastic he's really good uh, I love the the stuff in the Vatican I mm. there's the things that Mission Impossible does really really well that Bond doesn't do uh, one of them is heists yeah Bond doesn't really do heists it's very hard to because he's on his own yeah very hard to you know pull something off when you're on your own. And um, oh, I think that's probably the point. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> and um, thanks, John. I'll set them up. <laughs> you dribble Midland Ed from three yards out. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, there's the, the mask thing. There's a sort of more fantastical edge to the to the uh, the mission movies yeah. with the the and the idea that you can wear these incredible space age masks and be anybody at any time, which Mission Impossible 2 overdoes. Yes. To an extraordinary extent. Yeah, it even introduces the thing that I'm not so keen on with the chip on the neck. Well, but yeah, but that kind of works because otherwise, the first Mission Impossible, it's Tom Cruise in bad makeup. Hmm. So he wears two masks in the movie, and both times you can tell it's him just wearing, where he's pretending to be someone else, and it's literally just him wearing terrible makeup. Just going back to that, isn't Mission Impossible the first one? Isn't that one of Rob Bottin's last films? Is it? I think it is. Blimey. He does I all should, the makeup for Mission Impossible. I should. Uh, I take it back about it being terrible because Rob Bottin is one of the best makeup Have a look. People who I've ever... this out, but I'm pretty I am sure. Good. I know he did um, Total Recall. Yeah, that's 90. That's 90. Obviously, The Thing. He's amazing in The Thing. Yeah, let's, okay. see if, let's see if this holds true. Howling, holds true. Okay. Last credited thing, Rob Bottin, as special makeup effects artist, this may surprise you, was Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds in 2002. What on earth does that require any makeup for? <laughs> no idea. Uh, yes, he did special effects makeup uh, for Mission Impossible. There's a very depressing connection with Adam Sandler films and makeup artists, oh, and, and an excellent John Carpenter people as well. So if you look at the last film that, or last big film, in inverted commas, that mm-hmm. um, Carpenter's Dean Cundy, yes. the last film he did DP for, big film, mm-hmm. Jack and Jill. Ah. Oh. So Sandler puts Such one in the back of the head. <laughs> Sandler has shows no mercy. Yeah. No Cund- mercy. Cundy's done Jack and Jill and be like, no, fuck this. Oh, my God. Boteen does Mr. Deeds. I can't work in this industry anymore. Oh, my God. There's a... Hang on. Cundy shot the thing. Yeah. Boteen worked on the thing. Yeah. Are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting? Well, Adam Sandler's the thing. Yeah. And yeah. he's systematically picking off the people who uh, who took him out all those years and, ago. And... and Taking them inside his stomach, <laughs> shitting them out. As See, that's the thing. David Rob, Spade. <laughs> he's literally shitting right now. He's shitting Rob Bottin out onto the floor of uh, John Carpenter's kitchen, God. which is marked John Carpenter's kitchen. You open the fridge, it's John Carpenter's milk, John he, Carpenter's he, he butter. He would be like that, to be fair. <laughs> he would be yeah, be held to live with. All anamorphic. <laughs> Who's seen John Carpenter's remote? Yeah. John Carpenter wants to watch John Carpenter's TV. Now, after Mission Impossible three, I was very excited about Mission Impossible again. And I'm sure everybody was. And then they said, oh, Brad Bird's doing the fourth one. Yeah. I don't like it. You don't like the fourth one? No. Okay, John, um, I'm going to have to disagree with you in your house again. But uh, I think the fourth one, again, is great up until the third act. 
I would say it's all right up until the third act. It completely goes up its own. (laughs) I kind of to the point where I remember there's a bit where I I think I only saw it twice. Mm -hmm. There's a bit where Jeremy Renner is wearing a magnetic magnetic suit and is being hovered through a tunnel. Yeah, and it looks like something Liberace would have worn. Yes, it's proper stylish. I think it was one of those things where it's like um, we don't trust Tom Cruise anymore, so we're going to bring in another A-lister to take some of the strain on this film. I feel Jeremy Renner. Yeah, had what a five minute window when everyone was like he's the best thing ever he is the hottest thing get him in Marvel movies yes mm. uh, what character can we get uh, the bloke with the arrows Who is he yeah. left yeah we'll get him uh, get him in the Mission Impossible movie mm. what, what should we do um, pencil pusher you can be him yeah uh, what else was he in he was in all sorts of other stuff uh, Born. Born. Um, and he was in Tag this, no, one's, no one's trying to get him in oh yeah, yeah. that's right he was in Born as well um, Tag with broken arms he was in Tag with broken arms so he had CG arms <laughs> yeah just kind of it's like a T-Rex flailing the people <laughs> trying to stay still you bastard so I can tag you with my broken arms that's not fair you can't play tag when you've got broken arms you can't do it that's why uh, T-Rexes are notoriously bad that, at, at that's the thing is that this tag thing they're like oh the amazing thing about it right is that Jeremy Renner had broken arms so they CG'd them and I'm like yeah. how much did that fucking cost <laughs> I mean if you just cast somebody with working arms you'd save <laughs> 10 million quid or just have the character have broken arms yeah that would be that wouldn't be fair. It would be a bit dark, in fairness. But yeah, Renner was uh, certainly someone they brought in, I think, to try and you know maybe take up the mantle of the franchise going forward. Of yeah. course, Cruise produces these movies. Cruise yeah. is the driving force of the franchise. So I'm not necessarily sure that you know he was necessarily going to be a replacement, but certainly someone that they you know Cruise isn't going to be doing this forever. Yeah. You would think he's 55 now. I think 56. Uh, 56. You've done your your research, John. Yeah. Uh, you know he can't do this. Well, maybe he can. Maybe he can do this for another 10, he might 15 be 57, years. 57, you know. He's aging fast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he really is going for... I'm pretty sure he's either 55 or 56. The only thing I remember about Four, right, is the bit in um, the tunnel... No, in the bit in the room where they're using a mirror like in FX2. Yeah. That's, That's all I could think of was FX2. That's a good sequence. The the, the Kremlin heist. What, in FX2. It's great. Oh, yeah, FX2. I saw it in the cinema, would you believe? I did uh, as well. <laughs> what a time to be alive oh, that I know, was. I know. <laughs> It felt like the world had no limits after watching <laughs> FX2. <laughs> like, can you, is Brian Dennehy back? Really? Yeah. Brian is. Brown as well? Yeah. Oh, my God. And a, a clown puppet that walks around. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, probably Robotine worked in that movie as well. I bet he did. I'm sure he did. I'm not going to look it up. Let's <laughs> no, not, no, let's no, not no, spoil no. it for anyone. But yeah, I remember that bit with the mirrory stuff and yep. the, um, the, the, the Russian building blowing up. The Kremlin, John. The Kremlin, sorry. Yeah. The Russian then, building's fine, but yeah, I think I'm they prefer the official name. Because I'm not a stooge like you. Um, <laughs> Wait, hang on. No, it's fine, you're good. You can take your MAGA hat off now, by the way. Um, and, and also, obviously, the bit in Dubai. But that's where I think it falls down, because you get that sequence where he's chasing after this bad guy who's now dead in real life. Yeah. And the bad guy's completely anonymous in that film, I think. Michael Nyquist. Yeah, and he chases yeah. him, and then you get this horrible CGI smoke uh, sandstorm yeah and it doesn't look real that's and yeah then from then on in it's just completely forgettable uh, luckily it only lasts about 23 minutes after that but that's yeah. that's the that's the moment that it goes off the rails for me but before that I quite like the the prison break out sequence at the yeah. beginning all the Kremlin stuff's interesting you have that fun sequence where he's trying to get dressed and he's just grabbing clothes off the off yeah. people's different wash lines um, and of course it has the Climbing up the Burj Khalifa. That is amazing. Which is... Which he actually did. He did, because he's... Um, how do we put this? A complete and utter lunatic. Yeah. Uh, but in the best possible way. He's the real Xander Cage. 
He really is. Yeah. But he does stuff that, you know, people compare him to Buster Keaton mm. and Harold Lloyd and the great silent movie comedians who really went through the mill and Fatty some of the Arbuckle. stuff... Fatty Arbuckle. I mean, the stuff that... Well, I mean, the stuff that they did, my God. Yeah. But the the, the, the rigours that, that Harold Lloyd and Buster Keaton in particular would put themselves through, yeah. you know, look at the films like The General or, or Safety Last, even though that's a bit of a cheat. because he, he wasn't. Yeah. He's a cheat. He's a yeah. cheating Lloydy. Uh, he's dead. Yeah, I'm glad he's dead. Mm. Um, uh, I'm pissed in his grave. But uh, Cruz is the modern equivalent of that. But yeah. I think to a, to a degree far beyond anything they could have conceived, you know, he clings to the side of a plane as it takes off. Well, I was going to get to Rogue Nation, right? Because what happens is after the fourth one, mm. as I say, I'd mildly enjoyed it, but not a great deal. And then I heard there, were, and then I saw Jack Reacher. Yep, I thought that was very good. It's a very good film, and I, I've been a fan of Macquarie's for years mm-hmm. since um, Year of the Gun and Usual Suspects and all that. Yep, and um, then I heard after Reacher he was doing the next Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. And I was mildly excited, and then I saw Rogue Nation. And I thought this is the best one of all of them. I, I yeah, I agree. The I, opera sequence, yeah, is better than all the last three Bond films alone. Just that sequence. <laughs> it's got tension. It's got incredible action, and it's all on a knife's edge about you know trying to stop this person being assassinated. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good. It's such a good film. And the motorcycle, motorcycle chase. It's just a perfect film. Yeah, I well, we wouldn't go so far as perfect, but uh, it's it, for me, it's the best Mission Impossible movie. I, I think Fallout is incredible. It's a very different film in many, many ways. But, you know, won't give anything away, but it uh, it looks and feels different uh, than than to, to Rogue Nation. Um, but Rogue Nation just for me it brings everything together so you have a nice little team aspect you have stuff for Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames to do yeah. uh, the Rebecca Ferguson character Ilsa, Ilsa Faust is a great addition to the franchise and it would be great one day to see Bond sparring with a uh, female character half as developed as Ilsa Faust is yeah. it's not just simply Ethan Hunt in a skirt uh, doing Ethan Hunty things she has her own agenda, her own thing going on. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's got everything really. It's got some amazing set pieces. And, you know, like I say, guy clings to a plane mm-hmm. as it takes off. And he did it for real. Yeah. Which is the, the very dictionary definition of uh, A ballsy and B insane. Also, it's got the great car sequences as well in there. It does. It does. It's got everything, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's got a bit of when he goes underwater. Yeah. Oh, and dies. He that, dies. That bit is so, just so tense. Because you know for a fact that he has to hold his breath for all this time, uh-huh. do this thing, and then when he gets down there, and you as an audience are literally, not literally, almost holding your breath as well. Yeah. And then when it goes wrong, be- and he knows he has to hold his breth for longer, yeah, it just destroys you. You're just like, oh yeah. my god, oh my god, Ethan Hunt's going to die. Ethan Hunt's gonna die. And as and you then say, he, he does. And then he unfurls a, a massive parachute. Yeah. That's got the American flag on it, or yeah. the flag of the IMF. Do the IMF ISIS? have a flag? Yeah, ISIS, yeah. Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hunt, <laughs> ISIS agent, died today. Time. He was found drowned in someone's um, sewage pipe. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But no, I, I think Macquarie is a really, really, really incredible writer and director for action. I agree. I think uh, Fallout puts him definitely on the uh, very, very small list of some of the best directors of movies like this in the world. Uh, because the, the action in this is not as elegant. It is not as slick as it is in Rogue Nation. It's deliberately conceived that way. But my God, it, it, you know, it is so intense. There are... There is a, a a motorcycle chase and a car chase that is uh, up there with, with with anything. I love the car chase in Jack Reacher. I, re- mm. I rewatched it this morning. It's mm. incredible. Uh, there's a helicopter chase which people have seen in the trailer, which absolutely delivers. Um, and there's an amazing fight in a bathroom between yeah. uh, a, a number of characters who's mm. uh, you know again it's you my favorite. Tra- yeah, Fallout. Really? Yep. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I think Rogue Nation still is ahead of it for me, but I, I have a problem with Rogue Nation with the um, the bit where they get to. Is it towards the end where Tom Hollander's the prime minister? Tom Hollander is the prime minister. Yep, I don't yep. like that whole sequence. Yeah. But I think Fallout for me didn't have a bit in it where I was like, oh. <laughs> I think every Mission Impossible film's got a. Oh. Yeah, but I think this one hasn't. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's fair to say. And the reviews have been ecstatic. I mean, people, I've 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 seen this film twice now. And the first time you were there, and it yeah. was a, a packed what we call uh, in the biz, John, a multimedia. It, Don't know why they call them that, but uh, frauds like me were there. That's <laughs> yeah, you managed to get in, yeah, past the security, and uh, ripped off your mask. There was security, by the way. <laughs> was there? Yeah. There were bouncers just, on the doors. I just slipped past those guys. Well, you're an empire dude, aren't you? Yeah. You don't even notice them well, anymore. I, I came in through the ceiling. I dangled down on a, on a wire. 
Mm. Silently took my seat. It's because you were notice. doing auto-erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> it's because I was taking a shit in someone's kitchen. <laughs> I realised I was running late. Why not? Uh, so yeah, we were, you know, the, the crowd in that were were fantastic. You know, they were they were electric. They were gasping in the right place. There were applause in the right place. There yeah. were orgasms in the right place. It was yeah. it was really really cool. And then I saw it the second time. I saw it literally twelve hours later mm. uh, because I was interviewing Macquarie for. Uh, our spoiler special podcast mm. and I like to see the films at least twice to do that because I'm a professional John and uh, I saw it next to one of Britain's premier film critics and he was reacting like you would imagine a folk, you know, a, a film director would want an audience member to react he was he was clutching himself with, with tension and fear there's a moment where Cruz is very high up and he was going oh no mm. But you know, we know he's alive because he's he's still alive. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a fantastic film, and I, I I'd love to see it with an audience of um of paying punters. But yeah, save for the fact that paying punters are just the worst kind of subhuman scum, and I don't want to be anywhere near them. That's Chris's opinion. I just think you're scum. <laughs> I don't think you're the worst. <laughs> there may be, there, yeah. In fairness, can I offer a quick disclaimer? Yeah, there may be worse kinds of scum. Yeah. than Pain Punters but if there Only are only in Mos Eisley <laughs> Mos- you wouldn't want to go see a film with people in Mos Eisley would you <laughs> You're awful be chopping yeah. each other's dicks off <laughs> um, yeah Fallout's definitely my favourite um, and, it, and it just as a Bond fan I just came out of there thinking please watch this take note and mm. think this is what we can do going forward no, not, not necessarily the team aspect because you don't have to do that no. but there are stunt sequences in this that are lived in and are actually happening they're not CG mm-hmm. they're actually happening there are driving teams much like Remy Julien used to do back in the glory days of Bond you know there are driving sequences that are actually happening yeah. and you feel that tension because you can feel that if something could happen any second and they'd be killed yeah part of that is Cruz Part of that is the fact that he does most of this stuff himself. Mm. You know, there's a there's a sequence in Fallout where he is literally flying his own helicopter, doing his own helicopter stunts, and he is driving those that car sequence. He is driving that car. He is one. Mm. He is legitimately, I've been told this by stuntmen, he is legitimately considered one of the world's best stunt drivers. Uh, it's it's kind of scary, and yep. yeah, I don't know that Dan, that Daniel Craig, I don't know that insurance would let him do it. No. Um, but you know, it's it's, it's, uh, got it's a an incredible beautiful thing. face. No, he um, really does. No, the thing is, I mean, I'm not spoiling things because they are in the trailer. But there's a motorcycle sequence which you see in the trailer that is one of the most tense pieces of action I've seen because the camera is to the side of him and then it goes to the front of him, and you know there are cars coming from everywhere, and we're keeping just a tight close up on him driving this motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So he's literally doing it, mm-hmm. and there are cars having to stop every five seconds and. You just thought you could be killed any moment here. Yeah. It's just proper action yeah. that hasn't been in the cinema for God knows how long. Yeah, because you're so used to seeing these CG things happening. Yeah, that's just not here in this film. I mean, they could they could do a lot these days with face replacement and have stunt people. Yeah, do, I'm sure there's moments but, where they have done face replacement. Yeah. but like for Skyfall's got face replacement. I'm not suggesting that Cruz has had his face yeah. replaced, but I'm saying for other for other films, yeah. you can you can absolutely do that. Mm. But uh, you know, whether it was Avengers or or whatever, but yeah, there's something about the fact that we know that it's him doing it. We know that it's him flying a helicopter very very close to another helicopter or sending it into a dive and. You know, something about the the balls out nature of that. Uh, if something goes wrong, that it, obviously tragedy will strike, and 
the film will be tarnished forever and will never be released. Mm. But it's just something about that that has you on the edge of your seat. Whether it's but even something as simple as him just climbing up a building or climbing up a a, a bit of rockery. It's sort fantastic. of thing they tried with the crow, but it went wrong. It's it it did sadly, but yeah. the crow was just a you know just one of those things. The early days of killing your leads. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, in conclusion, then I would say that um, go and watch Fallout. It's phenomenal. It is great. It is really, really great. And uh, you know, it's it's got everything. Uh, it's got Sean Harris looking at pissed off. It's yeah. got Henry Cavill's big old tash. Yeah, he's uh, good as well, isn't he? He's very good in this. I was a bit worried when he first popped up because he's been superheroes in the past, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen him do a lot of other. Th- that's probably my fault. But I haven't seen him do any other things where he seemed great. If you know what I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it's very easy to kind of tarnish him with the uh, hunky can't act brush. Yeah, uh, but I think he's got something to him, and uh, he had charisma in this. He has charisma in this. I think he had charisma in the Man from Uncle. I haven't seen that. See that Man from Uncle. I've got this thing about Guy Ritchie films. I kind of refuse to watch them. Well, that's not a bad policy most yeah. of the time. But The Man from Uncle, I need to revisit. I didn't like it very much, but it has, over the uh, the last couple of years, had a, a bit of a renaissance. As, yeah. uh, or do we say renaissance here? I'm very tired. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, both. We can say both. And yeah. uh, people actually think it's some, something of a, of, a, of a classic. He's very good in that. And I don't mind him as Superman. I don't like the film's by and large, that he's in a Superman. I liked him. I mean, I'm, I'm a Superman fan generally for films, but I, I quite liked him in Man of Steel. I didn't like him in Batman vs. Superman, mm. but I liked him in Justice League because he'd been told to be a, <laughs> a happy, you know, proper old school Superman. Yeah. And it worked yeah. because he was nice. Yes, and tried and to save people rather than breaking our necks. And was having fun with it. Yeah. Whereas in the other ones, he's not. He looks like he doesn't want to be Superman. I imagine he I imagine he wants to be Superman but not necessarily in the stories that they've stranded him in but yeah that's what they, frustrated me about yeah. Justice League I mean we had this conversation at the time that I went to see Justice League with my kids and they loved it and I ended up enjoying it via osmosis more than I thought I was going to <laughs> and um, I enjoyed him in it because I just thought if, if, if only he wasn't shackled with these other people apart from Wonder Woman mm. who don't seem to be very good at this Oh yeah, there's there's a moment towards uh, the end of Justice League. We might as well spoil it, where yeah. he has a he has a race with the Flash. Oh god, they have a big old they have a big old speed off, don't they? Yeah, it's terrible. I see, but I like where that that I like where that points for the character because he's full of optimism and silliness and brightness, and you know we could we could we could do with a little bit more of that. But I also, I also fucking I think it's so funny, right? That in Mission Impossible Fallout, mm-hmm. that moustache serves no purpose whatsoever. I love they ruined an entire film because <laughs> when you watch Justice League now you're like what is going on with his face for the whole film yeah. and you watch Fallout and you're like he doesn't need that moustache at all it yeah. doesn't serve any purpose yeah um, <laughs> it's unfortunate it's unfortunate <laughs> it if, just, I, if I can pl- if I can plug the other podcast uh, yeah. I've, I spoke to Macquarie I literally spoke to Macquarie uh, what time is it it is now 5.20 uh, I spoke to Macquarie about an hour and a half ago now, and uh, for three hours for, yeah. the, pod, for the podcast. Well, and well you he, said you were going to give me one tidbit. Um, well, I'm going to tell you that he. Uh, well, have I given it to you already? Oh, okay, I'll give you one tidbit. Uh, one, he talks about the mustache thing at length. So well, he, we'll, we'll, he, we'll tune into the Empire podcast for that. Tune in the Empire podcast for that. Yeah, uh, and the bit that you thought was in. I've already told you that. I I the, the bit that was in Belfast wasn't in Belfast. It was in London. 
Is that a tidbit? Does that count as a tidbit? No, no, come on, give us, give on. us something. Okay. No, no, this is a tease for the Empire podcast. Ask me, ask which, me. As you know, no one listens to. Ask me about. <laughs> ask, ask me about something. What, what do you want to know? Um, is there going to be another one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, because I keep thinking that the Macquarie Mission Impossible films, it feels like it could be a trilogy, like a yeah. soft reboot, because. I, You've got Rogue Nation this, and it feels like you need one more Macquarie Mission Impossible. I won't ruin what he said about that, but mm. yeah, I, I strongly believe that he should come back and, and do number seven. There, yep. are, you know, there are characters and relationships and arcs that he could absolutely uh, get on board with. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to see what Cruise does next, quite frankly. Me too. Leap off the moon. Well, this is it. This is what I was going back to what I was saying earlier when I saw The Mummy and that America's oldest drug dealer film he did I like that America's oldest drug dealer I haven't was, seen it but the trailer put me off it was good fun who uh, was it directed by uh, Doug Lyman oh okay who also okay. directed Edge of Tomorrow yeah. and so he's one of the you know the guys who's connected with but Cruise. he's doing Top Gun 2 he is doing Top Gun 2 uh, but again he's but he's got a decent director who is uh, it uh, Joseph Kaczynski who directed hang on I say he's a decent director oh, but I'm not sure Tron I've Legacy. liked any of his films uh, he did Tron Legacy Oblivion. he did Oblivion Again, working with Cruz, so Cruz trusts him. He's got a really Oblivion good eye. Oblivion wasn't bad. I mean, it was it, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't awful. Which one? Oblivion. Oblivion, it's fine. It you know it it, it came out around the same time or same year as Edge of Tomorrow, which is mm. the best uh, Cruz sci-fi film yes. <laughs> out of all the two that he's made. Yeah. Uh, but another Lyman, yeah. Another Lyman, yeah. Another Lyman, another Lie Man. Mm. Mm. That sums up Hollywood, doesn't it? Really, it does liars and mm. men. Thieves. Hashtag me too. <laughs> Hashtag charlatans. Yeah. All Good of them. Band. Subhuman scum. Yeah, I would say that. Listen to the Empire podcast, because I will be, because I'm a big Macquarie and Hewitt fan. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm only on this podcast because Macquarie's on a plane. Isn't that it? Otherwise, he would have been here and I would have been I was gonna on the bus home. I was going to sneak him in. I thought about That's that. Exclusive. I honestly thought at one point about asking him whether he could sneak cruise in. <laughs> like if if at one point the door would open and he would just text Tom saying, "Come on in and he be part come, of this he podcast." Come this window head first. <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a twenty minutes riding a dragon. A dragon's better. Yeah, yeah. But you got a box. You were going to open this. Hey, Chris has received a, uh, a complimentary box, and it's it does something incredible when he opens it. Can I say before I do this yeah. that uh, Henry Cavill's interesting because I interviewed him recently for the magazine and he is one of the few movie stars I've ever interviewed who's actually nakedly ambitious in that, you know, I said to him, oh, hey, you know, you've played Napoleon Solo and now you're in a Mission Impossible movie and obviously there's Superman and, you know, you've auditioned in the past for, for Batman and Bond. Famously, he was down to the last two, I think, for Casino for, for Casino Royale. Yeah, uh, which would have been a very different direction for Daniel young, Craig. Too told. young. Yeah, uh, and he went, "Yeah, I'd love to play Bond one day." And he <gasps> literally said, "He openly said it. I would like to play Bond one day." I'd, I'd, I'd have him. I'd be buying out for that. Yeah, go on, open okay. the box. Box. Here we go. It says, "Chris, yeah. your, your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Let's see what happens." I mean, that's a shit mission, isn't it? Is, it? Isn't it? He has got a small cardboard box, I'd say about oh. six inches wide, and inside is a pack of cards. Yeah, Waddington's of London. Number one playing cards, superior quality linen finish, and they want me to build a three... But they haven't even given me any instructions. Ah, no! Uh, no, go away! You should be careful with that box on the bus, because if you open it, the cards might <laughs> fall out. 
into the wrong hands. Oh, well, there oh you go. my God. There's a joker in the pack. <laughs> well, Chris Hewitt, thank you so much for coming on today oh. and listening to me while I'm talking randomly about Mission Impossible. Oh, but what a good franchise it is, John, it isn't is. it? It is. And you know, and how has changed? Because you watched the first one again, didn't you? Yeah. For this? How different is that film from where it, where it is now? Hugely. I yeah. mean, the first film, I love the first film because it's full of those little De Palma flourishes and the silent heist in the CIA may still be a high point for the franchise. It's iconic. Definitely it's, iconic. It's hugely iconic. It even got parodied in Toy Story, didn't it? So. <laughs> it really did. But uh, the, the difference is, is that Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible is a, it's almost like a mystery. Yes. Whereas this one feels like a Bond film because there's a threat to the world and mm-hmm. they have to stop it. They have to stop it. Yeah. But he, he's he's... He's not knobbing everything that moves. No, and exactly. Mission Impossible is essentially a murder mystery. Yeah, and again, he's not knobbing everything that moves. No, he has a love interest in it, but I don't, I think, I don't think they even kissed her. No, they, they, she's well, in on it at the end, isn't she? Well, she's in on it. In fact, I think they cut out a love scene. It was uh, Emmanuel Bayard. She and, was pregnant uh, at the time. She, was she? Yeah. With Ethan Hunt's baby? Not with Ethan Hunt's baby, ah. no. With his... With his Friend's baby. His friend's baby. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff. Willikins. Yes. <laughs> that sounds like a cat. It does, it does, it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, I think there was a scene where they slept together and then test audiences went, no, this is really weird mm. because she's meant to be mourning the death of her husband who, of course, is still alive because he's the bad guy. Yeah. Which... Um, and he is a bad guy because he's a Trump voter, isn't he? He is a Trump John voter. Voight. John Voight. Proper right wing. Proper yeah. Republican. Uh, but... If I may be permitted one more indulgence, please, uh, that's please. one of the things about the Mission Impossible franchise that is interesting, uh, in that Ethan Hunt is a character created for the movie franchise, and Tom Cruise has taken it. And the the hero of the TV series, or one of the heroes of the TV series, was Jim Phelps, yeah. played by Peter Graves. And Jim Phelps turns out to be a badden in the first Mission Impossible. And now I wonder, yeah. I wonder, uh, you know, in this era of Twitter, where creators get death threats if they deviate their heroes yeah. even one one iota from you know what these weird fan babies want them to be or have this this picture of say Luke Skywalker in their heads uh, I wonder if there'd be an almighty backlash if that movie came out nowadays but I think it's an amazing thing that's what I was going to go back to actually from earlier is that the the the, the way he received the mission Phelps at mm-hmm. the beginning of Mission Impossible on the plane with the mm-hmm. smoking is a very good thing <laughs> And then, then you get the second one, which we mentioned earlier, with the um, extreme. <laughs> and then the third one, he gets the disposable camera. He does, yeah. I can't remember the fourth one. Fourth one? Does he get in the back of a van or something? I think something it's like the back of a van really... that turns into like a supersonic mobile yeah. spy place. Oh, doesn't Tom Wilkinson give him this mission as well? Tom, yes. Tom Wilkinson goes, there's people in on it, and then he gets the... Oh, um, there's a train. They go yeah. to a train. There's yeah, a which tra- turns into a, a mobile base. Yep. And then, I don't remember Rogue... Oh, Rogue Nation's a record shop, isn't it? He mm-hmm. puts on a record. But the twist in Rogue Nation is that the bad guy is the one giving them the, the mission. That's right. Um, and then, we won't spoil how it happens in, in Mission Impossible Fallout, but it happens in the first one and a half minutes. Well, what I would say is, uh, it's not a spoiler, because it's a very traditional way of receiving a mission. It's a very tidy, old-fashioned way with yes. a reel-to-reel tape, so... And while we're sitting here, I've literally thought of ten things I could have asked Chris McQuarrie and did not. You fucking idiot. I fucked it up. You have. You could t- you could tweet him. He's very good at replying to tweets. He is. I think he's on a plane right now. But if he is anything he's about taking him, taking half an inch off the back door. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, yeah. Even now, he's clinging to the side of a plane as it takes off. Yeah. Tom Cruise is inside, having his 
Pino, Pino Grosio or yeah. I, don't, I don't know but yeah good, all power to Tom Cruise and I hope they do another one I really do and then um, yeah and I'll definitely go and see it because it's brilliant it'd well, be awesome Chris thank you so much for coming and talking no worries John thanks for indulging me I'm a big bull box hooray oh god oh he's done it again Oh, I think we better go bye everybody thanks for listening to the series bye the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns